Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Arif Singeran, founder and CEO of SecretBrokerage.com, a boutique brokerage providing professional domain buyer, domain appraisal, domain portfolio management, and online brand protection services for select clients throughout the world. Today, Arif and I discuss how an architectural engineering career intersected with his becoming a globally recognized domain name broker. Arf then shares how he honed and refined his domain brokering skills with stops along the way working for Nocta Domains, DomainNameSales.com, and Uniregistry before settling in and founding SecretBrokerage.com. Arf also shares why Secret Brokerage is a unique boutique domain brokerage, including how they educate buyers to properly assess and appraise domains as assets when in the buying process. And last but not least, Arf and I discuss the potential avenues of success in 2022 that domain buyers, investors, and sellers should consider to realize lucrative gains. And so with that, Arf, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Hello, Alvin. Thanks for having me on your show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm appreciative of you. I know there's a big time difference in between us, but glad to have you on the show as well as I know the listeners are too. So to kick things off, Arf, briefly share at a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background. This is Arif Sangren. Uh, I'm the founder of uh, Secret Brokerage. I've been doing the domain brokerage for like 12 year, uh, 12 years. I worked two different companies previously, like I started with Nocta domains and then I worked for Uniregistry for like five years. And then I decided to do this by myself. Yeah, I'm based in you know, Turkey. Based in Turkey. I actually had a brother who was um, in the armed forces and he was based in Turkey for about a couple of years. So that that is uh, that's about all that I know or can say in relation to to Turkey. So now tell me this, because I did a little research, just a little research on you. Now, how does someone with the agriculture engineering background, (laughs) how do you get into domain name? Like Like I looked at that, I was like, I don't know how that happens, but I'm sure that there's a story behind that. I mean, yeah, that's that was pretty interesting. I mean, the answer is like short answer is like 100% luck. Because I mean, before I got into the domaining, I didn't know anything about domains other than I know what website I knew what websites was were, but that was it. I was doing my master's degree, and at the same time, I needed to. I wanted to work, you know. I mean, I wanted to make some money for my for myself instead of asking from you know parents, etc. <laughs> and one of my childhood friends was working for Nocta. Actually, actually, she's still working for Nocta. Uh, I told her that I'm looking for a job. And then she said, you know, we got an opening. Uh, if you want to try, you should, you know. <laughs> and then, I mean, I, I didn't have like sales background, but like I was selling lots of things uh, starting from my childhood, mostly second ed stuff. But I was in sales naturally, not professionally. Ah. Until I got into domaining, but, but other, I mean, the, the rest is luck. If I didn't ask my friend, uh, I wouldn't be here talking with you at the moment. <laughs> so you do. So you basically become an agricultural engineer per se for what I guess somewhere like a year or so, and then so you... I I worked like yeah I could say a year, and then I I went to Belgium to take Erasmus scholarship for like for summertime. And then I started domaining in, mm. in Nocta. Yeah, it was it was quite it was a quick and total change for my life. So before you got to Nocta, then in terms of like what aspirations did you have like growing up? Like, you know, you if you were to go to a first grade classroom and you ask some kids, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Obviously, in the in the States or the US, you're likely going to hear things like, hey, I want to go be a teacher. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be, you know, an entertainer, professional athlete. Like, did you have any any sort of early aspirations that you thought, hey, this is the way that my life is going to go? I was like heavily wanted to be a veterinarian. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, because, you know, like most of people, I love animals. I love taking care of them. But, you know, my it's SAT, but here is something different we call. But my SAT uh, result wasn't enough to, you know, study veterinarian, veterinarian school. Gotcha. I didn't want to study another year for the university. So I took my chance to go to agriculture, actually. Huh. I, I wasn't, I didn't, I, I didn't want to study at the at first, but then when I got in, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool as well. I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. And I gave my six years, <laughs> but it didn't work. I don't know. What can I say? <laughs> I, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I like, love my life. I love, I love what I do at the moment. So <laughs> He's like, Hey, what can I say? It didn't work. I'm just fortunate for my friend. Yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> that is awesome. So then you go to Noctis. So for those that are not familiar with Noctis, so it's N-O-K-T-A domains.com. So you go to Nocta, and then I guess like walk us through, you get hired and I'm assuming you're you're probably doing, so you're learning the basics about domain names and, and what's probably premium, non-premium, like kind of walk us through your educational process while at Nocta. Yeah. Like, as I said, I didn't know anything about domains when I started uh, in Nocta. And then after I started, I took like, I guess, three months of education. I didn't do any sales. I didn't do, I didn't even reply any inquiries at that time. Wow. I was just, you know, reading the end journal, domaining, you know, lots of blogs, uh, like looking uh, similar sales. I mean, sales that happened that day, that week, like in historically, I was reading my colleagues' emails. I was like observing how they negotiate, how they value the domain names. Like it took me like three months. At the same time, like my colleagues was giving me like one by one education on in the office. Like, what is a domain name? What what uh, what is an extension? What are the extensions? Why com.com is the king, etc. So yeah, it took me three months to make my first sale. Oh wow! And then it was, what was that? Was, what was that feeling I, like? Uh, was that it's process? like I mean, the feeling was stunning i could say <laughs> you know when, when i did my first sale it was i was listening uh you know one of your podcasts with uh broker broke broker Hernandez, my ex-colleague you asked her what was his uh, her first sale at the same time i thought about what was my first sale and i can't remember it i know i remember the price <laughs> but i can't remember the domain name <laughs> He's like, I'm just glad that I had the first sale. And then like, was, so, so once you had that first sale, like did that was, that kind of laid the foundation then for you to begin to build up. Yeah, that gives you like, you, I started to trust myself. Like I was like, yeah, I can, I'm doing this. I can do this. I just sold the domain name. I can sell more, you know, I can sell for higher prices. Now I can negotiate. I can speak with the uh, buyers. So that that gave me the booster, you know, confidence-wise, and then I moved on quickly. Now, one of the things that I that intrigues me, you know, most of the time I hear people who get into domain uh, to the domain industry, and most of it is that they are investing in domains, so that they are buying and selling domains on their own personal grounds. Now, it, it strikes me as a as a bit different for you because you aren't necessarily a domain investor. Um, at least that's not how I kind of read the story, or um, I guess you'd say anticipate your story. But it, what I kind of at least can glean so far is that really you came into the industry really as a broker, as someone that was the go-between or the liaison of connecting the buyers and sellers together to, to basically transact with one another around the common thing of domain names. I didn't know anything. I learned lots of things at Nocta. They, you know, taught me a lot. And at, in the, at the same time, we weren't allowed to buy domains for ourselves while we were working there. It was, you know, it wasn't quite ethic. Yeah. So, uh, so I didn't buy anything. By the way, I started actually doing the brokerage, like real brokerage for sellers in the registry. In Nocta, we were selling 
the company's domain names. So oh. I mean, we were acting like actually we were selling our own domain names, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So no, in, that makes in, sense. In there, I was working like selling my domain names, but they weren't mine. Gotcha. Which is I when when and when I think about that to kind of juxtapose how you you know entered into the industry with Nocta versus the the average domain investor, you know the so goes with the hard knocks of domain investing. You know, typically folks come in, they'll spend a couple hundred, maybe thousands of dollars on domain names that you know aren't necessarily worth their registration cost, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that was the big difference. You know, when you, I mean. Uh, when you put some risk uh, on your money or your on your time, your psychology is different when you don't, you know, mm. because I was selling someone else's domain names, basically. So I could be I could be diamond hands if I had to. Uh, and then I could be paper hands if the company needs liquidation, but not me. That's that's a big difference. So then you learn you really learned then the disciplines of selling domain names before you learn the discipline of buying domain names. That's, that's, that's quite right. Yeah. And how do you think that that, I mean, how do you think that that set you up for success or could set a domain investor up for success? When you share risks. And I mean, in, in that case, like as a starter, I, my share of risks, risks were very low, you know, so I could really take some time to understand buyers' uh, psychology by buying the domain name, spending money. When you have some basics, buying and selling site, then you start to understand people's behaviors. You start to understand where that negotiation will go more than like average domain brokers, like as a starter. I couldn't be that successful if I own those domain names by myself right because, you know because i mean terms terms would be very different yeah and you're correct it's it's a difference in knowing that you're only buying from one person versus you actually buying from a brand or yeah. a perceived brand um and, and that and there there's a lot of of things to be said both both the good the bad and sometimes the ugly but the the point of this being that in, in most cases the the brand is going to always have the advantage over the single person that's right i mean we i mean when i was there we had like i mean when i started we had like hundred and fifty thousand domain names i mean if you make your like round calculation it's like 1.5 million dollars in renewals a year right wow you know getting that burden on your shoulders <laughs> is quite different you know getting in not to because I mean, if I have to pay one point five million dollars every every single year, then I could I could at that time I could sell some domain names less than their value uh, in order to pay the renew renewals. But at that time, I was just only you know I was I you know I I, I wasn't afraid of not selling right. And in the domaining, the 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 the, the power of no is very important that's frank schilling's quote i would say but you know if you can say no a lot and then you probably make that was my cat <laughs> she's, she's not like... happy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no worries no worries so then you you work at um uh, so you work at nocta you gather so much experience um from various different angles of selling premium domains in terms of individual deals, bulk deals, the single names or portfolios. Now, did you work any in terms of like lead generation or monetization, any of that during that so time? So I started with like selling. And then after some time, I mean, that, that was it. In Nocta, we, we were working as a team. You know, someone was uh, responsible from the monetization. Someone was responsible from the acquisitions and other people you know responsible from uh selling etc and things were changing like yearly basis so we could understand every part of the business so like one time i mean i worked on monetization side appraisal appraisal side acquisition side and selling side when i was working for nocta so mm. i took almost all kind of responsibilities a brokerage could you know have i guess right right 
And so you worked at Nocta a little over four years. And then how, I guess, how did you make that move from, because you wound up working for Uniregistry. So kind of get us, I guess, bridge that gap there between your time at Nocta and how you got over to to working for Uniregistry. Uh, It was, yeah, it was weird as well. So I couldn't remember the year, but it was, uh, you know, one of the domain fest. Domain ah, fest. so that was probably uh, sometime two thousand prior to two thousand fifteen. Then probably it was two thousand twelve or thirteen. Gotcha. Uh, not sure. Uh, you know, we were attending the conferences, and the second one, I guess, was domain fest as well. I had pleasure meeting with Amanda and Jeff. Okay. Jeff Gabriel. Yeah. You know, after five years at Nocta. Some things didn't go well. Some unexpected things happened. So, you know, I had to leave the company. And then I was like, you know, as a Turkish person, it's because Nokta still is the only company in Turkey who is, you know, doing domaining professionally. Other companies or, you know, uh, people, they're just doing it like side job, you know, half time. So as a Turkish person, uh, I was quite, you know upset because I didn't know what to do uh, when I le- when I left Nocta. And then one day I just went to domain name sales website the, before you know registry, you know, the, the brand was domain name sales. Right. I checked the openings. I saw they were looking for salespeople. And then I sent an email to Jeff. Hey Jeff, you know, I saw that you have some openings. Would you I mean, I'm looking for a job in domaining. Would you like to talk? And luckily, he accepted that invitation and, you know, spent some time to talk with me, ask me what I was doing, what I was planning to do, etc. And then we had some, you know, calls back and forth with Jeff, with Dan and other uh, in-registry people. And then they, especially Jeff, wanted to give me a chance. That's that's how I started to Uniregistry, domain name sales. That's awesome. And then, so you go to Uniregistry there, um, and, and how did that open the world up for you? You know, I mean, obviously you started with Nocta, but then you get to Uniregistry, and it, you know, it certainly seems to be a a, a bigger breadth of of the yeah, world yeah, of the industry. Absolutely. So it actually changed a lot uh, for me because. You know, when uh, I was with Nocta, I mean, we had our own, you know, uh, annual targets, you know, quarterly targets, but that targets for was were for the team, not just for myself. But in Uniregistry, it was a bit different because it was more individual work. You know, of course, there's a team, there are some targets, but uh, the competition was between the brokers. Ah, so it's it's you know it's it was more individual and also I had to work remote. That I mean it's it's pretty normal at the moment, like for two years after right. COVID nineteen. But like I, until COVID, I was working for like four years from home, and like all my friends were looking at me, man, how do you make money? What do you do at home all the day? <laughs> you know, I had my own phone. I was doing like like hundreds of calls each day to Europe and the United States. But in a new registry, you know, there, there were like lots of big names, lots of big sellers, ultra premium names that I had to, I had the opportunity to work with. It was another level. I, I mean, Nocta taught me a lot, but in registry took it to another level. But yeah, I was like, you, you were able I to work with some of the... on selling in the registry. Uh, gotcha. That's different than Nocta. No. Yeah, that. And then, I mean, you got to work along with some pretty big industry names as well. Not only, you know, are you getting to work with big industry names, but you're also, I'm assuming, probably picking up tips and tricks and, you know, different things along the way from them as well as sharing your own. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, I mean, I had the opportunity to work with, you know, probably almost all the names in the market. It was a life changing experience. In your registry, that's I could say, I, I can't th- I can't thank them enough. I can thank I cannot thank Jeff enough. That is awesome. And so then coming into to the Uniregistry land now, obviously, if for those that aren't familiar with Uniregistry, so Frank Schilling definitely 
he hedged his bets in terms of the the um, new top level, you know, domain extensions or the some as some would say the new TLDs or the new G's um, as they are commonly referred to. So, like when when you initially started, I would probably say or take a good guess that you started out really primarily focused on .com domains. But now, having been in the industry for a while, do you find yourself um, only specializing in .com, or do you find yourself also selling other extensions as well? Probably 80% of my sales were uh, generic TLDs like .com and .net, I would say. But uh, at the same time, I worked with pretty good, pretty big portfolio of .co.uk's because Nocta had a big portfolio of them. Uh, I had some experience with CCTLDs, like when it comes to GTLDs, I mean, I made some sales, but I, I can't say I'm like, I didn't have enough opportunity to work with new Gs a lot. Right. So, yeah. And so then like, what do, I mean, like, what's your own perspective about the new GTLDs? Obviously for some people, um, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, no one should ever worry about those. With other people we've found and seen that, hey, they're making a relatively decent living. Uh, and then others have purchased the matching.com of their new GLT, GTLD, although they use the new GTLD to promote, you know, whatever their site is and redirect the.com to it. So like, like what, I guess, what's your preference or opinion um, when it comes down to whether using .com or whether you're using non.com, like kind of what's your take o- on the land? Should I speak like as a seller, buyer or broker? Let's go seller, buyer. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't buy new G's if I'm, if I will, I mean, if I'm going to start with, if I'm going to start domain selling, I would, right. I would go with dot coms. But if I have, a, if I have enough funds to invest to domaining, then I would, I would give chance to new G's as well. Gotcha. So if you have limited funds, if I had limited funds, I wouldn't buy anything on new GTLD. But if I had, a portion of money to invest in, I would definitely give them, gave them a chance. Gotcha. And then what would be your take, you, you know, coming from the broker, which is typically the, the glasses or the, the set of lenses that you often wear? When it comes to, yeah, when it comes to brokerage, I mean, it's, it really depends on the buyer, you know, their budget, their way to look at domains, you know, but it's, it's, it's mostly lots of buyers. I mean, almost all the buyers want to buy .com. That's, I mean, that's that. But sometimes they don't have budgets that they didn't have, or they don't have, you know, uh, the education. And it's it's always like they started, if even if they started with new G's or you know, other extensions than .com. In the end, if they are successful, they would buy .com. That's like probably domaining one hundred and one. I would say. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause when, you know, from my own personal standpoint, when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know that I would buy um, anything non.com only on the account of if I did, it would likely be because I'm going to develop a, you know, some sort of project. But even then with whatever I'm going to launch on, let's say it is non.com, then likely is the case, I'm going to try to buy up the variations of it if there are variations and typically own, if I can, the matching.com or ensure that whoever owns it is not a direct competitor. Uh, Yeah, I get that. Would be my take. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, lots of businesses uh, trying to get into the business world with uh, limited funds, you know? Right. And of course, they don't want to spend their entire budget to a domain name at first. But once their project kicks off and if it's successful, they will pay for .com. But they don't ah. want to t- take the big risk in the, in the beginning because they also need money you know, for, you know, softwares, hardwares, you know, etc. So for them at the start, the domain is not coming at the first place. But once they succeed, they, I mean, like secretly, they know that they're going to buy the .com in the end. But they right. don't want to, they don't want, they don't want to spend entire, uh, their entire budget uh, for the, for the domain name at the beginning. And that's quite understandable. That makes complete sense. 
On and the so, other side, if you're, you know, let's say if you're living in Germany, you're going to do like, I don't know, you're going you're gonna to sell like bagels only for like Germany. And in that case, you don't have to buy the .com because in Germany or other countries, I mean, .com is not the first choice. They, they, they like to use their own CCTLDs like .de, .co.uk. But sometimes it's budget-wise problem or question, and sometimes it's like business-wise question if you have to buy the .com. But for investment-wise, of course, .com is the best. I mean, no words on that. So then in terms of that example, though, of Germany, like, okay, well, what, in your opinion, like, what was the difference at, at how they were able to get, um, or how the dot, what is it, dot DE? Dot, dot DE, yeah. Yeah, how, how dot DE, how that extension was able to gain, you know, so much visibility, so much exposure over the dot com. Like, what is, like, the, was there something that was done differently? than most or was it just the i guess just the nature of paying homage to to your own uh cctld i mean it's probably habits i would say like most of you know website owners started with .de like in the beginning of the internet era and then mm -hmm. habits took the place they they like .de more than .com i would say that i mean turkey in turkey it's it's like 50 50 like people like people like to type .com and .com.tr to the browser, but when it comes to uh, Germany, when it comes to probably in the UK as well, they like their own CCTLDs a lot, and that's probably habits. That's 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 my explanation. They wow. started with .co.uk or .de, and then they liked what they saw, and they continue. They they keep doing that. Now let me ask you this then, then our so if in terms of living in Turkey, how has that helped you or hindered you as a domain broker? Or has it? Actually, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be straight, no. right. You know, yeah, being a you know, it's it's like being a Turkish person is not easy in domaining in lots of lots of international businesses, I would say. You have to prove yourself really hard. To, mm. to get to be accepted in any industry and, and why do you why do you believe that to be the the case there's a there's there's prejudgment for turkish right you know people i gotcha. i understand that i i, I don't want to you know discuss what's behind that but i understand that prejudgment i had to work so damn hard to break that prejudgment wow wow i'm, I'm still working on it and, and so in your personal journey and storage, like how, in, in what ways have you, or how have you overcome the judgment? Or in some cases, I mean, I, and I tend to call it what it is. For some people, it's racism uh, of just the exclusion or not wanting to include, you know, someone uh, of another ethnicity or nationality or background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so like for you, like in what ways have you overcome that, you know, to be successful and truly make a name for yourself? And not only that, your, your brokerage. First of all, I mean, you know, I said that I'm going to say it again. I can't thank enough to Nocta and, you know, you know Registry and Jeff, uh, because th these are the like main reasons I overcame yeah. that, you know, problem. Because um, when I was in Nocta, I like attended like, domain fest you know uh other conferences in las vegas etc i had the chance to meet lots of people in the industry and then you know in the registry you know these guys are you know like one of the most successful people in the world so i had to opportunity to work with them show them uh, what i'm capable of so these are these helped me a lot so after that, after some kind of, you know, story, people understand who you are. They don't care about your, you know, nationality after that level. But yeah, I had to work hard to, to overcome that, overcome about that problem. Then in terms of overcoming, now I'm assuming then likely is the case you, you are opening doors for, for other folks that are, that are within Turkey to kind of join alongside you in terms of uh, domain brokering. Definitely. I'm, you know, everyone, not just people in Turkey, you know, I mean, if I can do that, if other people can do that, everyone can do that. It's, 
Right. It's not like, you know, it's not like physics or it's not like atomic bomb. There's a saying that, you, you know, we are not uh, inventing something. We are just applying what successful people did before. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's right. Everyone can do that. I 100% agree with you. Like you said, it, it, you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just taking kind of what what trial and error moments um, is what I deemed them of. Someone went out and they tried this. They weren't successful. They tried that. They weren't successful. They tried this. They were successful. Okay, now let's kind of take a step back. Of course, um, that eat. doesn't mean you're going to be successful as they they were or they are. But I mean, right. yeah, you can. There's there's there are no reasons. Correct. For, for, for you. I, I agree. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean it, it doesn't necessarily you know I mean? guarantee success, but then at the same time, I've seen, I've seen cases to where people have tried something that someone else did that was successful and they were way more successful than a person in which they got it from. It's actually like reapplying your style, what successful people are doing, you know? Right. So you can, I mean, you can, uh, you know, when you read what Rick Schwartz did, what Frank Schilling did, what Mike Mann did, what other people like Andrew Rosner, Jeff Gabriel, etc. Uh, you just read about them. And I had the opportunity to work with them. So that gave me a lot. But on the, on the other side, if you can just sow what they did, how they did, and uh, how they think, and then you can at least it's it's there's a big chance that you're going to be succeed successful you know yep you just need to read research and then repeat and right and just do it yeah how much time do you spend reading researching digging when it comes to domain names every day uh you know when i wake up i take my cup of coffee and open domaining.com and read what's happening what's going on, what sales happened, uh, you know, what UDRP resulted, how it resulted. I'm just doing it every single day other than Sunday, I guess. I don't so know. It's, it's like, I don't know, a few hours a day. Wow. I do this in the morning. I do this in the afternoon and in the evening. So it's not just saying, hey, I'm going to go find a domain. I'm going to go send one to two emails to some people in hopes that they'll buy it. And... Uh, no, no, that's not what I do. No, not even close. <laughs> I research a lot. Yeah, yeah, I research a lot. Uh, you know, I talk to people a lot to see what's going on, what's hot, what's not. I check, you know, TechCrunch to see what companies do, what are the new keywords, what are the new technologies or trends, you know. It's like, I would say at least 60 or 70% of this business is about researching and following wow. the market. Wow. Reading every blog, then you're you're likely you know, paying close yeah. attention to DN Journal on a weekly basis. DN Journal, uh, name bio, you know, DN Forum to see, you know, what's hot and what's not. Like, I don't know what else. Uh, Elliot Silver's blog, Andrew Allen's blog, Rick Schwartz when he, you know, decided to wrote, write something. Media options, you know, I'm, I'm checking Twitter like, I don't know every five minutes or something <laughs> like everyone else so it's it's yeah you need to you need to do it i mean that's my secret sauce if i if i'm successful for other people uh who are going to listen to this my only advice is to read a lot keep reading and and, keep and, and sifting yeah yeah this is you know how i did it this is how i'm doing it so i'm then... not saying i'm the, i'm the biggest guy out there but you know, uh, I mean, yeah, but you've yeah, sold I've over been, $10 million, been, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing this for like 12 years and I'm, I'm going to keep doing this probably, you know, until I retire somehow, if there's a retirement <laughs> in this business. But well, what, I, what I'm going to do is keep reading and keep, keep searching, keep researching. Like I said, I mean, you, you've been in the industry a long time. You've sold, you know, 10 plus million dollars worth of deals. And so then now the, the interesting thing is, so you work for Uniregistry, but then how did you end up going out on your own with secretbrokerage.com? Well, like after four years, like in 2019, uh, we did, decided to part ways with Uniregistry for the reasons I can't explain, unfortunately. You know, it was it was that moment again, like what I'm gonna do. 
because I was a domain broker for like eight or nine years or whatever, 10 years. And then, you know, instead of applying jobs, then I decided I'm going to try doing it by myself. I mean, I have had enough doing it for other people. So I'm going to give myself a chance and try doing it by myself. That's how I decided, actually. It took me like four months to decide what to do. And then I decided to give myself a chance to run my own business. Wow. And then did, now, did you already own secretbrokerage.com or was that you had to yes. go out and? No, the thing is, no, I registered the domain name. There's oh, nice. A, a, yeah. So there's this, I mean, I don't know why, but I love the word of secret. I had to, I wanted to put that keyword to my business. So I, you know, I was searching domain names and then searched secretbrokerage.com and it was not registered at the moment. And then I took it, registered it and decided to use for my own business. And so then you, you, you purchased the domain name, you set up a website. I purchased the domain name. I waited another two months to decide what to do, how to do, uh, who to do with. You know, I had to work with uh, website designers, you know, software guys. I had to find them by myself. That's the tough part to work with other people, uh, especially hiring people. Uh, and then it took me like five months, actually not, not my time, like the designers and coders and uh, they spent like five months to design the website. At the same time, I was in touch with uh, the people in the industry, like letting them know, hey, this is Arif, I, I'm working for myself uh, from now on, this is my company. This is what we are going to do. This is how we are going to do. You know, I was making connections through emails, through social media, through phone. I sent some emails to people I worked in the past and let them know that uh, I'm starting a new company. And yeah, like in 2020, in May, we started operating online through the website. And yeah, here. VR. So I'm assuming that you, it's you and then a team of folks that you're, you're building around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not like, I mean, there, there's, there's, I mean, there's me, there's Jason White, there's Darren Lopez. Uh, you've probably heard them before. I had the opportunity to work with them when I was in union registry. They are not my employees. Uh, we are working together. You know, it's like, uh, we are sharing a brand to do business. We are all responsible from our own customers, you know, so, yeah, I mean, Jason is in Canada, Daryl is in Portugal. So they are kind of operating like 724, time different, you know, time zone wise. Right. We are almost like available 724. Now, do you end up doing, um, you know, deals in your native language? Probably 1%, like all of all our businesses is, is my own language. But wow. that's, yeah, that's quite little because... Uh, the industry is not quite bright here in Turkey, like because of the depression of Turkish lira against the US dollar. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost all of our businesses uh, are with uh, Europe or the United States. Now, how does the, does the time difference, does that create challenges for you in terms of running a secret mortgage? Um, you know, we are now talking. It's 9 p.m. here. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. But this is how I live. I, you know, I wake up at like, I don't know, 9 a.m., start working, and probably I keep working until midnight. This wow. is how I, this is, the, this is what I had to do. But I'm enjoying it. I'm happy with that. Yeah, and that's what I would say. I mean, you seem to really enjoy it. It it seems to bring you life and not necessarily a drain. I'm pretty sure there are certain aspects, as is with life. Um, there are certain things that are always going to be like, ah, man, you know, I could actually live without doing that one or couple of things. But for the most part, all in all, secret brokerage, like I said, it seems to give you life, and um, you seem to rise with a, an enthusiasm to to go after it each and every day. Um, it's it almost is, it as, if, as, it, as if it's not work to you. Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm doing this because I have to do this. 
I'm doing this because I love doing this, you know? Uh, that's, I mean, pretty important. Then that's pretty unique because lots of people are working every day and they don't like what they do. But I love what I do, what we do here in Secret Brokerage and in Domaini. I love my job. I mean, this is, <laughs> and this is uh, yeah. And that's what I, I often hear um, just interviewing people. I, I love what I do. Um, and and I, I personally subscribe to, I'm like, hey, the day that obviously they're going to be challenging moments. I get that. No worries there. But it's like the day that I truly wake up and my heart is not all the way into it. Then it's time for me to do something else. Yeah. Probably that's why. Like lots of people started getting into NFTs, maybe. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Either that or the early or the early uh, sweepstakes of money. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean myself as well. But you know, learning something new probably keeps me fresh and young. I don't know how to say that. Probably, but you know, like NFTs domains. Like ten years ago, when I got into the business, I was like, "What the heck is happening here? People are paying." millions of dollars for buying like basically website names why oh, wow. are they paying you know uh, you know starting from that and coming to here enjoying you know probably nfts are the same i mean for me it's the same learning something i like that's that's my probably you know more than a hobby that's my lifestyle an early adopter Early adopter, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm not early adopter of domains, but I'm probably early adopter uh, early adopter of uh, for NFTs. Right now, how did you make that parallel from domains to NFTs? Uh, people in in the domains showed me. You know, people in the domaining they were like sharing some weird pictures on their Twitter, saying that I bought it for this. You know one ethereum two ethereum i was like what the heck is happening again after 10 years i said that sentence again and then i thanks to alan dunn from here i sent a message to alan and asked him what's going on he gave me a brief message and you know brief history what's going on what he thinks it's going to happen and then from after that i started doing what i've been doing researching reading mm. you know and seeing what people do that's how i got into gotcha now that makes sense i've uh i've not gotten in i've not gotten in and don't necessarily plan on it like i said for me it, it tends to move often quite fast but there i've got my head <laughs> head and eyes and in, in other directions but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I certainly that. have seen the threads, have seen and and actually heard privately from some folks of of how they got into it, what they're doing, and and how they're you know making the best of that of this given moment um, in space and time. So that's uh, that's always good, you know, to to hear. Let me ask you this though: in terms of 2021, like what was that like for you and for Secret Brokerage um, in terms of the domains that you were. Uh, able to successfully sell, you know, juxtapose that to the industry, um, how well the industry did in and mm -hmm, of itself. Mm -hmm. Before I begin, uh, what we are doing is we are not actually doing sell seller brokerage. What we what we are doing is uh, only acquisition and appraisal ah. and portfolio management. We are not. I mean, there are lots of great people, great companies who are into selling, and like to be straightly honest. I couldn't find a way to bring a fresh air to the selling side, but I think I still think that there is there are lots of things I can do and we can do as a company on buying side, and that's why uh, we are in the brokerage on the acquisition side. And so, so you're actually actively helping people then buy yeah, singles, yeah. or is it more so uh, portfolio? It's like mostly end users buying like domains not not portfolio individual domains gotcha so uh as a number wise uh we closed uh 2020 with a bit over of 1 million on acquisitions you know we did pretty well at appraisal and management as well but the main business is acquisition and last year we closed with we closed it with nine hundred thousand dollars. that is awesome so then so let me ask you this so in terms of appraisal obviously 
uh, when anybody hears the 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 words domain name appraisal domain appraisal it's like a game of whack-a-mole it's you know everybody's kind of like well i appraise domains this way or here's how you should appraise domains well well no are we talking about retail are we talking about wholesale <laughs> like yeah that's that's a quite complex thing to do yeah and i i can't see that's really hard thing to do to appraise a domain name because i mean what makes it so hard? Because every single domain name is unique. And we, as a domain industry, have a very, very big problem about the data we are sharing. Right. We, we don't have enough data. So it's pretty hard to understand the domain name itself. And also, we also mix the things up. You know, if you are the domain owner and let's say I'm just, you know, making it up. There's a there's going to be probably a big difference price-wise if you own glass.com or if you appraise glass.com. Because as an owner, mostly you have you know emotional attachments to your domain name. You think it's the best or one of the best. For glass.com, that's okay, but for like I don't know, wineglass.com. You think it's one of the best domain names in the market, but the, the, the person who is praising domain name is not looking to the domain name as emotional as you. Right. You know, if the, there are emotions, there are trends like changing so fast. There are sales. You know, there, there, there are lots of things to, you know, take into your calculation. It's not like appraising a flat or apartment. It's easy, but in, in domains, it's it's... It's very complex. And in the end, there's no guarantee you appraise it well. That's the problem. You never know. The probably like 70 or 80% of appraisal comes from the experience in the market. And that's pretty hard thing to find. And so then in terms of, of how you come in and the value that you add, so you're really getting, I guess you'd say, sellers to come down out of the pie, the pie in the sky dream of wherever they have this domain listed in terms of listing price. But you're also having to do a bit of pull from the the buyer side too to get them to possibly raise their expectation, uh, to get them to meet in the middle. So, like, let's say you have a you have a domain name that that someone has listed for one hundred forty thousand okay. dollars. A buyer okay. comes to you and says, "Hey, we want to." We want to purchase this, but we only want to pay two thousand dollars for it. Hmm. Now, yeah. you know you've got you've now one you've got a a buyer that you're like okay yeah hey you're you're gonna have to come up not not just a little bit but a lot but at the same time you you may also be looking or working with a seller that you say hey that that domain isn't really about one hundred forty thousand dollars let's say it's more like sixty thousand dollars. And then you got to go back to that buyer and say, hey, it's really not 2000 but if you were willing to pay anywhere between forty to 70000 we could probably get there. And let's say you just end up arriving at something like $55,000. Mm-hmm. i am assuming that that's the type of, of service that you're providing um, educational-wise, but then at the same time, um, just appraisal-wise? Uh, like Educational-wise, yeah, but mostly on buyer sites. I mean... Uh, okay. uh... Of course, in the nature of negotiation, you need to educate the seller as well. But in most cases, we are representing the buyers. We mostly educate the buyer. You know, there are there are this type of deals as well. Let's say, I mean, we the buyer wants the domain name, the domain and you know gives us like 50k budget, but the domain name listed for 10k, you know, or vice versa. So we need to tell the buyer the true value of the domain name, we think. And then say, hey, we think this domain is worth this type, this much. So the listed price, the price they are, the, the sellers want is overpriced. So we need to negotiate. Or they're just out of their minds. Let's look at another one. <laughs> Sometimes it happens, you know, they're like some people ask like, I don't know, five, $500,000 for a domain that is worth less than $5,000. In that case, there is no you know, reason to go for that domain name. It's just waste of time. You can't, you cannot educate that seller. It's, it's, I mean, I cannot, I don't have time to do that. If it's like, I mean, a domain name can't be appraised $5,000 and $500,000.
there's something wrong, you know? Right. And the, the gap isn't that big when, when it comes to the value. So yeah, I mean, the appraisal is actually a bit different. We're just doing appraisal service. Let's say you want to be, you want us to appraise Alvin.com and you don't need to, I mean, if you don't want to buy that domain name, that's okay. If you don't want to sell it, that's okay. If you, if you even don't own that domain name, that's okay. We're just doing the appraisal. In the end, we say, hey, we think this domain is worth this money in retail and this money is wholesale. And we mostly give a range instead of just one price. Right. Like we're doing like, hey, this domain is worth between five to seven K in retail and I don't know, 1,000 and 1,500 in wholesale. So that we try to give uh, the people some room to, you know, giggle in the negotiations instead of giving them full price or one price in appraisals. So you could actually be helping a company who is really trying to decide and say, okay, hey, we we do have a budget to go and invest in a given domain name. Here are the names that we're actually considering. What, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of what we should pay or what we should expect to pay for these given names? Yeah, yeah, true. That's, uh, that's what we do. We, we first take a look at their business model, what they do, you know, how they do to see if you know, the given names are the best choices for them, if they are. And then we say, hey, you want this? We think this is probably worth this money. This one is probably worth this. If they are okay with that, that range. And then we start you know, uh, getting in touch with the owners, see what they want and see if we can make a deal. That's awesome. And then in terms of like domain acquisition services, like I'm assuming that it's probably going to be a percentage of the deal or is there a certain pricing that, that applies or goes along with this? Uh, we actually really uh, like recently changed that. We were working like flat 10% fee of the you know, final price, but now we change it to 5% flat fee plus uh, 15% of the discount we took. So like, in in a simple way, we make more money once we get more discount from the seller. So that that's what incentivizes you to work on the behind the buyer's behalf. Yeah, yeah. And to ensure that they get you know a good deal, the, 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 the best deal they could. That's awesome. And so then, when you look at twenty twenty one, you know, obviously we look at. Uh, I think Rick uh, Schwartz did some sort of analysis and he was looking at how many um how many of the the six figure sales that had happened and obviously 2021 dwarfed 2020 and so yeah yeah is, yeah and so like do you see that same sort of year happening for 2022 for your your own brokerage and uh, just the industry at large like industry wise we are going higher this year as well because I mean, the, the, this COVID situation changed things permanently, and it keeps changing the behaviors of the users. You know, I mean, even in in my country, I'm probably I was like doing grocery like three times a week. Now I do it all online. You know, that's that's for grocery. Like people spend like tremendous time online for doing everything like shopping reading playing games and every online identity needs a domain name whether it's a .com or whether it's a .eat or i don't know .co.uk you know companies you know business owners need need domain names and there are quite handful good domain names out there left i believe this is going to be another crazy year not sure if we can dwarf, you know, 2021, but I'm expecting a good year industry-wise. Yeah, and that is truly the the hope. Obviously, the it's kind of a watershed moment. Uh, COVID was um, and, and still continues to be for for the industry at large. And not only to add to that, you know, because this is also now looking backwards a little bit. Um, over the last couple of years, now we're looking at there's a higher number of people that are leaving their job 
um, are not returning to their job. And in some cases, they're moving on to, you know, a better paying job or completely different industry altogether. But there are so there are a lot of people that are deciding to go out on their own, which also impacts our industry um, for people who are going out on their own and they have the funds to invest in a domain name right now, or they've been out on their own and they want to actually upgrade their name to a recognizable, brandable domain. Yeah, there are, there are, Alvin, there are lots of money on the table, like, you know, from crypto, you know, from NFTs, whatever you call, there are lots of people on the table, money on the table, table, there are lots of new businesses coming alive and yeah we're gonna see some crazy sales this year that's awesome now what would you say to someone who's listening to this and they say okay or if you 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 have your own successful brokerage you've been in the industry uh for 12 plus years now so you know what would you say to someone who is contemplating or thinking about going out on their own, um, whether that's getting into domain brokerage or investing in domain names? Like, what would your advice be to them about this given moment as it pertains to 2022 and where we're at as an industry? Well, uh, I would say don't give up easily. Give, your ch- give yourself a few chances, not just one, one chance. And if you... If you study enough, if you invest yourself enough, I'm, I'm sure you're going to do it. That's no brainer. Invest yourself. It's going to pay off. That's all I can say. <laughs> not sure if it's too short or what. No, I think that's it. You know, like you said, you, you've got to invest in yourself. And for me, one of the striking things that you've said throughout our time, you know, in this conversation is how much you read um, on a daily basis and how much you study, how much you dig and sift through the data, the information that's right there um, before you, as well as all of us. And so that's not to be underestimated that you've got to put in the work, you've got to put in the time to go study, to be able to make sense of what moves you should be making or what moves you shouldn't be making. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you give, your ch- give yourself a chance, uh, if you study hard, uh, you're going to be successful. That's that. That's simple. Sounds simple. It's not simple. But in the end, in the end, you're, you're going to make it. Well, last but not least, if there's somebody who says, hey, I want to get a get in contact with you, whether it's, uh, you know, to discuss the next steps in terms of secret brokerage and then becoming a customer, like how should they get in contact with you? Well, they can just, you know, visit secretbrokerage.com or send me an email to arif at secretbrokerage.com and I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there to respond. Well, good deal. Well, there you have it. Well, we're out of time. So, Arif, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial experience. Alvin, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yep. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now. 